0: Hebrews chapter 4. One of the themes throughout the book of Hebrews is the theme of rest. And uh, the, the uh, rest that is spoken of in Hebrews chapter 4 is the rest that God gives to us as, as, as his people uh, on a on a day-by-day basis. So we're going we're to take a look at a particular aspect of that tonight. Hebrews chapter 4, and we're going to read verses 9 down through the end of the chapter, 9 through, through 16. So let's stand together. Hebrews chapter 4, verses 9 through 16. You read along silently as I read aloud. It says, there, there remaineth therefore a rest to the people of God, for he that is entered into his rest, he also hath ceased from his own works, as God did from his. Let us labor, therefore, to enter into that restless, amen, fail after the same example of unbelief. For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Neither is there any creature that is not manifest in his sight, but all things are naked and open unto the uh, eyes of him with whom we have to do. Seeing then that we have a, high, a great high priest that is passed into the heavens, Jesus the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession. For we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Let's bow our heads for prayer. Father, I am so thankful tonight that you are my God and I am your child. Those folks that are within the sound of my voice tonight here in this sanctuary that are saved, they're your children too. And one wonderful thing about being a child of God is that we have absolute, complete, instant access to our Father. And I, I'm so thankful for that as we, as we look at, at that aspect of you as our Father tonight. I pray that you'd help us to appreciate not only who you are, but uh, the wonderful privilege that we have of prayer on a, on a daily basis. We can just instantaneously at any moment Break into prayer, and you are always there. You are always listening. You are always caring about what is upon our hearts. And we just, we just ask that you would guide and direct tonight in this message. Father, I need you. I need you desperately. Uh, without you, I know I can do nothing. So God, please, uh, take the Word of God by the Spirit of God. Minister to hearts in a way that only you can do. And we'll be careful to thank you and praise you for it for us in Jesus' name that we pray. And all God's people said, amen. amen. You may be seated. Um, Hebrews chapter 4 is talking about the, the rest to the people of God. You see that down in verse 9. It says, there, there remaineth therefore a rest to the people of God. And that rest comes through three things. Now, we're not going to read verses 1 through 8, but verses 1 through 8 have to do with belief. Uh, that's just God's people just trusting and believing God, knowing what God says, grabbing a hold of the promises, and going with it. Uh, it's just, just belief. Uh, verse 1 says this, "says Let us therefore fear, lest a promise being left us of, of uh, entering into his rest. Any of you should seem to come short of it. And, of course, the way you come short of a promise is you, you don't believe it. You don't trust the God who made the promise. And uh, we, should, we should have a fear of unbelief. Uh, unbelief can, can rob Christians of a lot of blessings. Um, you know, the, the whole reason, I mentioned this this morning, the whole reason why uh, the children of Israel never, the first generation, never went into the promised land is because they did not believe God now they had all kinds of other problems they were complaining, they were griping, they were ungrateful uh, they uh, they were disobedient. I understand all that, but all of that really centers upon unbelief. If the unbelief had not been there, they would have gone into the promised land but but they ended up not receiving any of those any of those particular promises and and think of this: you know, they were they were brought out of they were brought out of uh, Egypt and set free, so they could go to the Promised Land. And the very reason why they were taken out of Egypt, they never got to to, to see fulfilled in their own personal lives. So, belief is is something that's absolutely essential for for uh, the rest for the people of God. Then, verses nine through thirteen, he talks about. The Word of God, and a very famous and 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 uh, verse that a lot of people have have memorized, uh, having to do with the Word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. Uh, we need to not only have belief, but we need to have our belief centered in the right right place, and that is in the Word of God. And in verse eleven. He says, let us labor. In verse, verse 1, he said, let us, uh, let us therefore fear. In verse uh, not, uh, 11, he says, let us labor, therefore, to enter into that rest. Uh, 1 Timothy chapter 5 and verse 17 talks about uh, elders who labor in the word of God and doctrine. There's work at, at finding out what God says. Uh, there's work, uh, you know, you have, to, you have to be diligent and uh, spend some time in the word of God and make yourself familiar with the word of God. And he says, let's labor. And it almost sounds contradictory, but it, but it isn't really at all. He says, if, if, you, if you labor at it, you will find rest. Uh, Jesus said, come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. He said, take my yoke upon you. Well, what's a yoke? Well, a yoke's something that you use for labor. And what he's, he's saying is the same thing that's being said here, is that if you want to have rest, you have to labor, but you have to labor properly. You have to labor rightly. And the way that you labor is with the Lord. Sometimes I think the reason why we get burnt out and the reason why we get so so wearisome in in our labor is because we're trying to do it in our own strength. We're trying to do it in ourselves. And uh, the Lord Jesus said, listen, take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So he talks about, talks about belief for entering into, into rest. He talks about the word of God. And then verses 14 through 16, which is where we're going to camp tonight, he, he speaks of, of prayer and the fact that uh, we, have, we have access to the throne of God. It says, let us come boldly unto the throne of grace. Now, that boldly does not mean uh, bold as brass uh, from the standpoint of being disrespectful. It's not that that way at all. In fact, I absolutely abhor uh, anybody who speaks of God in any kind of a a disrespectful or a flippant way. He's not the man upstairs, okay? Okay? He's, he's, not, uh, he's, he's, he's not the old man with the gray beard. Uh, he, the, you know Those kind of references to God, that's beyond being familiar with God. We should be familiar with him, but we should also be respectful of him. And when it says, uh, let us come boldly, it means that we have access. And what I want to look at tonight is, is just the, the fact that we have an accessible God. We have a God that we have absolute, if you're saved, you have absolute, complete, total access to the creator of the universe. Doesn't that get you excited just a little bit? <laughs> you know, I mean, you know, I, I get excited at Christmas time when I, when I think about how the fact that God left heaven's throne, came down, was made flesh, dwelt among us, and then eventually 33 and a half years later died on, on Calvary's cross, But something that's even more exciting than that is the fact that now we, today, in real time, have absolute, complete, instant access to this God who created the universe, who paid for our sins, who did all for us that he did, and we have access because he has chosen to be accessible to us. So what I want to look at is in light of verses 14 through 16, we're going to read that that passage one more time, Uh, but in light of those verses, let's look at how God is accessible to us. Verse 14 again says, Seeing then that we have a great high priest that is passed into the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast, our profession for we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities but was in all points tempted like as we are yet without sin let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need now this is this is in great contrast to the old testament in the old testament some someone could not come boldly unto the mercy seat, which was in the in the midst uh, in the in the wilderness was in the midst of the of the tabernacle. There's only one person that could go into that could come come into the mercy seat, and that was the high priest. The average person could not do that. And now we get into the New Testament because Jesus Christ has paid for our sins. He was buried, he rose again the third day, got victory over sin, death, hell, and the grave. And and, uh, God tells us that we can come boldly unto the throne of grace. That's because we have a God who is accessible. And he's accessible because of of some certain things. First of all, he's accessible because he's available. He's available, he's there for us. Um, The scripture tells us, let us, come. That's an invitation. That's saying, listen, I, I, I want to hear you. I want to commune with you. I want to spend time with you. Uh, God has a desire, and that desire is to spend time with us. I, you know, I, honestly, I don't completely understand that. Why in the world would God, who is who he is, want to spend time with me, but he has that desire, and he makes himself available. Uh, Go with me to to, uh, Hebrews chapter 13. Hebrews chapter 13. And there are verses like this all the way through through Scripture, but particularly Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 5 says, let your conversation be without covetousness, and be content with such things as you have. For he hath said... I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. Uh, Once you trust Christ as Savior, God is with you always. He's always with you. Uh, You can never never be without God once you have trusted him as Savior. He's available at all times. He's never out of reach. He never has the door closed. He never is, uh, is, is too busy right now to deal with us. That's never the case. And we're, you know, we're never told to leave a message at the sound of the beep and he'll get back to us later, amen? Uh, as soon as you begin to talk, God's bending his ear and he's listening to you because he cares for you and, and he wants to hear what we have to say. Um, Take your Bibles, and let's look at some verses that deal with this. Go to Jeremiah 33. I remember years ago, uh, I made a message on an answering machine and used Jeremiah 33, verse 3. And... uh, I told folks, you know, call, call back at the, at the sound or uh, leave a message at the sound of the beep and I'll, I'll try to get back to you as soon as I possibly can. But aren't you glad that God doesn't use an answering machine? And he doesn't because he says this in verse 3. He says, call unto me and I will answer thee. When? I'm, I'm going to be right there. I'm going to listen to you right now and show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. That's our God. He's anxious to show us things, and he's anxious to, to uh, listen to us. Uh, verse 2 says, Thus saith the Lord, the maker thereof, uh, the um, uh, the Lord that formed it to establish it, the Lord is his name. He's the one who says, Call unto me, the creator of the universe. And he says, Call unto me, and I will answer thee and show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. Go, go with me to uh, Psalm or excuse me, Jeremiah twenty-two. Back up just a little bit and look in verses twenty-three and twenty-four. Verse twenty-three says, "O inhabitant of Lebanon, that makest that makest uh, thy thy nest in the cedars, how gracious shalt thou be when when pangs come upon thee, the pain as of a woman in travail. As I live, saith the Lord." Uh, though though Canaan the son of Jehoiakim uh, king of Judah were the, were the signet upon thy right hand yet would I pluck thee hence and that's not the verse and I'm not exactly sure what the verse was supposed to be but nonetheless he's there for us he's available to us. Go to Psalm 139 this one I know is the right one Psalm 139 you know one of the things that you learn when, when you, either, you either speak in public or sing in public or do anything in public is that uh, when, when uh, you come up against the snag, you just go right through that snag and go on to the, the next thing. And for those of you that are in the concert next week, okay, uh, if you end up hitting a snag, just, just keep on plugging, just keep on going. And that's what I'm doing right now. I'm just gonna keep on going. Psalm 139. In Psalm 139, look with me down in verses 2 through 5. Psalm 139, verses 2 through 5. It says, Thou, thou knowest, this is, this is David speaking to God. And he says, Thou thou knowest my down sitting and mine uprising, thou understandest my thought afar off. Thou compassest my, my path and my lying down, and art acquainted with all my ways. For there is not a word in my tongue, but lo, O Lord, thou knowest it all Thou hast beset me behind and before and laid thine hand upon me. Now, all that's simply saying is that, that God is anxious to spend time with us. He's anxious to talk to us. And uh, he, he is listening to our, to our very voice. Uh, go with me to Psalm 46. Psalm 46, and in Psalm 46, look at the first verse, verse 1. Psalm 46, verse 1, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. In other words, when you're in in trouble, when you're in danger, when there is something that's upon your heart, you can instantaneously and immediately go go to your God and he is always available to you. And he will, he will be there for you, and he will listen to you, and he will help you through that, that problem and that difficulty. So he is available. Another thing about God is he's not only available, but he's approachable. He's approachable. Uh, the Bible says, come boldly under the throne of grace. You don't have to... to uh, uh, you know, go through a formality. We just simply need to come right to the throne of grace and open up our hearts and let God know what's, what's on our hearts and on our minds. Go with me to uh, Matthew chapter 7. Matthew chapter 7. Matthew 7 is a classic passage that speaks about prayer, Matthew chapter 7, and look at the in verses 7 through 11. Matthew chapter 7, verses 7 through 11. It says, ask, and this is Jesus speaking, he says, ask and it shall be given you, seek and you shall find, knock and it shall be opened unto you. For everyone that asketh, receiveth. And he that seeketh, findeth. And to him that knocketh, it shall be opened. Or what man is there of you, whom if his son ask bread, will he give him a stone? Or if he ask a fish, will he give him a serpent? If ye then, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your Father, which is in heaven, give good things to them that ask him? Uh, he's, he's approachable because we're His children and he, He's our Father. So we're free to come right to His throne. Uh, it says that we should, we should come boldly. Boldly means without being timid. Uh, boldly means to come with confidence. We can come uh, confidently to God's throne and ask the petitions that we have of Him. We don't have to ask permission. We're children of God; He is our Father, and and we can come right right to Him and and ask the things that are upon our hearts. Um, yeah, I can remember when I was growing up, I had I had, uh, I had a, a real good friend in in Brother Bob Hart. Bob Hart and I—you've heard me talk about him before. And years ago, he preached here. Uh, Bob and I got saved together. We did even before we got saved. We were we were best friends. And uh, spent a lot of time together. I was, I was uh, probably at his house about as much as, as uh, I was at my own house. And we went back and forth. One of, one of the reasons why wh- that was particularly true in the summertime, because he had a pool. Well, you know how that is. If a guy's got a pool, all of a sudden he's got a lot of friends, you know. And uh, I was one of his friends, but not because he had a pool, but uh, I knew him well, I knew his mom well, I knew his sister, I knew his his father. But can I tell you something? Every time I went to his house, I didn't just go into his house or go to his house and go to see him, even if we we had planned on me coming. I didn't just grab the door handle and walk in. You know why? It wasn't my house. It wasn't my house. It wasn't mine. When he came to my house... Uh, he was very familiar with my parents. He was very, very familiar with my home, but he didn't just walk in. Why? It wasn't his house. But when it's my house, I walk right through the door. I don't ring the bell. I don't knock. Uh, why? It was my father's house, and I knew I was welcome there, and I, I, I knew that that uh, that that whole scene was one that was approachable. Uh what what a blessing it is to know that we can go before the King of Kings, we can go before the Lord of Lords anytime, day or night makes no difference what the situation is, and just cry out to God. Uh, you know, really, the Book of Psalms is a is a book of just crying out to God. A lot of it, and that's what David did. That's what some of the other psalmists did. Uh, There are are times when they're just psalms of praise, but uh, much of the the book of Psalms is crying out to God and just uh, bearing, the the psalmist bearing their heart to the Lord. And we can do that because our God's approachable. Uh, Another thing about about the accessibility of our God is that God is able. Uh, The scripture says, we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time time of need. Uh, we, can, we, can, we can go and ask him for anything because he is able. Uh, he, is, he is strong. He is mighty. He is powerful. Uh, go with me to Ephesians chapter 3. Ephesians chapter 3. And I, I, I love this passage of scripture. Ephesians 3, just one verse, verse 30, or excuse me, verse 20. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20. It says, Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that worketh in us. God God is telling us here, whatever you think God can do, he can go so far beyond that, it would absolutely blow your mind. Uh, you, you need to understand, we're talking about the God of the universe. We're talking about the one who, who spoke the worlds into existence. And, uh, and, and, and he can do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask and above all that we think. He's ready to do what, what, we, what we have as a need in our life. He's ready to meet that need. He's, he's willing and he's very, very able to do so. Um, w- whether it's for us or whether it's for someone else, in, in Hebrews chapter 4, it says uh, in, verse, in verse 16, "'Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace "'that we may obtain mercy and find grace "'to help in time of need.'" That doesn't doesn't mean just for yourself. Uh, There are times when when, uh, we need to to, uh, come to the throne of grace because somebody else needs help, because someone else needs assistance, because someone else uh, is in in danger or is in trouble. And we we have that opportunity because God is able. Jeremiah chapter 32 and verse 27. I love this passage. I love this verse of Scripture. It says, Behold, I am the Lord, the God of all flesh. Is there anything too hard for me? And, of course, you know the answer to that. No, there isn't. No, there isn't. There isn't anything too hard for God. So no matter what the need is, you can go to God, and you can go to God with confidence because he's able. Not only is he able, but he's also attentive. Take your Bibles and turn with me to First Peter chapter three. First Peter chapter three. First Peter chapter three, and look down in verse twelve. First Peter chapter three and verse twelve. It says, For the eyes of the Lord are over the righteous, and his ears are open unto their prayers. But the face of the Lord is against them that that do evil. It says that his ears are open unto our prayers. That means he's listening. That means he's attentive. Not just that, you know, it'll go in one ear and out the other, but he's actually paying attention. He pays attention to your prayers because he cares for you. Go with me to Psalm chapter 40. Psalm 40. And I realize that in, in a lot of ways, the, these things that we're talking about tonight are things that, you know, you know, you've known, you knew it before you walked in the door. Uh, you know, you've given mental assent to that thing. But we need to be reminded of the fact of just how accessible God is to us, because if he's accessible, we need to access him. We need to go to him. We need to spend time with him, because he has that desire to spend time with us. Psalm 40, and look in verse 17, very last verse. It says, but I am poor and needy. And all God's people said, (laughs) we are. We are. We're poor and we're needy. Yet the Lord thinketh upon me. Man. That's a mouthful right there. The Lord thinketh upon me. You know, so many times we talk about meditation, and I think meditation is is something that that Scripture talks a lot about. We should meditate on the works of God. We ought to meditate on on the Word of God. We ought to meditate just on the God of the Word. But do you realize He meditates and thinks about you? You've got the God of the universe whose mind is preoccupied with you. That, to me, is is an absolutely amazing thing. And and he says, thou art my help and my deliverer. Make no tarrying, O my God. Uh, He's attentive to us, and he thinks on us, and we are in his heart. Another, Another reason why he's so accessible is because God is attached to us. You know, we're 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 now children of God, and so we're attached to him. But understand that he's, he's attached to us. Over back and back again over in Hebrews chapter four, it says that he's touched with the feeling of our infirmities. Go to go to Isaiah chapter 41. Isaiah 41. And a lot lot of these verses I found in Isaiah and, and also in the book of Psalms. Isaiah chapter 41, and look in verses 10 and then drop down to verse 13. Verse 10 says, "'Fear not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee. Yea, I will help thee. Yea, I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness.'" Then drop down to verse 13. For I, I, the Lord thy God, will hold thy right hand, saying unto thee, Fear not, I will help thee. That sounds like someone who's attached. <laughs> that sounds like someone who's committed. And God God is attached and committed to us. You it, Listen, if you're saved, you have the heart of God. You are in his heart. You are in his thoughts. We are attached to him. Go with me to... Uh, 1 Peter chapter 5, 1 Peter 5, and verses 6 and 7 is what I want to look at. 1 Peter chapter 5, verses 6 and 7 says, "'Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in, in due time. And you know, you couple that with come boldly to the throne of grace. And I think that's the proper way to approach God. We approach God humbly, but we approach God boldly. We humble ourselves in his sight, but we can come boldly to the throne of grace because he is so approachable. And then, verse seven, casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. You know, sometimes we say, you know, we think, well, I don't know I want to bring this particular desire or thing to God, this thing that's bothering me because it's such a little thing. Uh, Makes no difference how big it is. Makes no difference how little it is. Why? Because he cares for you. And because he cares for you, you can take every care that you have you can have every, take every worry that you have, you can ha- take every concern that you have, and you can cast them at the Lord Jesus Christ, casting every care upon him for you have that confidence that he cares for you. And then the, 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 the last thing is that uh, God, God is not only uh, available and he's approachable and he's able and he's attentive and he's attached to us, but he's amiable. He's amiable. He's agreeable. Go with me to 1 John chapter 5. You know, after I have the opportunity and privilege sometimes of of leading someone to Christ, I will often take them back to 1 John chapter 5 and read that passage really starting in verse 13 which, which says uh, these things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God that you may know that you have eternal life and that you may believe on the name of the Son of God and show them that they have assurance and that one of the ways that they'll get that assurance on a day-by-day basis is by spending time in the Word of God because that's why the Bible was written was so that we could have that assurance that we are, are His, His, His children. But then you drop down with me to verses 14 and 15. And I like to read this to a a new believer because oftentimes we, we, you know, I'm not so sure that a brand new believer understands just how accessible God is to them now. but, But he is accessible. And because he is, it says this in verse 14. It says, and this is the confidence that we have in him that if we ask anything, According to His will, He heareth us, and if we know that He hear us, whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we desired of Him. And the implication there is, is that you have the petitions even before they're fulfilled, even before the prayer is answered. You know that you have it. Why? Because you're asking. You're asking for Him of Him for something that is according to his will, and he is agreeable to that. He's amiable. In other words, he's he's, he's in agreement. If we ask anything according to his will, God's not going to fight us on that thing. I can remember years ago an evangelist who challenged me, and he said, you know, the Bible says that God is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. I, I, again, I, I have no idea what a Calvinist does with that verse, probably, probably cuts it up and, and, and messes it up tremendously. Uh, but it says that it is not God's desire that any person perish. That's why we can say with confidence that when the Lord Jesus Christ died, He died for the sins of the whole world, not just for those that will trust Christ as Savior, but for everyone. Now, Does everyone, therefore, get saved? No. Does everyone have their sins paid for? Well, they they could have that personally applied if they trust Him as Savior because He's not willing that any should perish but that all should come to repentance. And and what, what this man said to me was, if God is not willing that any should perish but that all should come to repentance, and if we ask anything according to His will he heareth us, then I ought to go daily to him about my loved ones that are lost. I ought to go to him all the time about someone that he's laid upon my heart that's not saved. Why? Because he's more concerned about their salvation than I am, because he's not willing that any should perish. And isn't it good to know that that we can can go to God and uh, he not only you know, is approachable and will listen to what we have to say, and he's accessible, and, and we can come boldly to the throne of grace, but he wants to listen to us, and he wants to hear the desires that are upon our hearts. This, this whole message really came uh, to me because of some things that have happened within this last couple of weeks. Uh, I, I've gotten uh, probably more texts and phone calls and so forth over the last few weeks, saying, can, "Would you please pray for this? Would you please pray for that?" Uh, there's 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 a particular need here, and uh, and we need you to pray uh, for for this thing. One of the one of the the uh, uh, habits I've tried to get into, and and pretty much do it every time unless I'm right in the middle of something and I can't. But as soon as I'm done with that, then I make sure that, that the job gets done that I spend some time talking to God. But if, if, if you ask me to pray for something and, and I get that that message, that text, that phone call, I'll try as soon as I'm done either reading it or talking to you, I will go immediately to God in prayer. You know what? I'm glad I can do that. Aren't you? Because he's accessible. If he wasn't accessible, we couldn't do that. Um, Nick gave me a a text this week about his his brother. His his brother just recently had a a baby. Uh, He and his girlfriend. And uh, he's up at Strong, isn't it? Strong Memorial Hospital. And uh, uh, the baby was six weeks early and uh, uh, was in a kind of a nip-and-tuck situation as far as life goes and was on life support and all that kind of stuff and says, would you pray for him? Man, uh, I, I know what that's like. Jonathan was seven weeks premature, and we didn't know if he was going to live. Uh, I went as soon as I could. I went to God, and God immediately listened to what I had to say. My, my good friend Bob Hart here a few weeks ago, and you know this because I asked you to pray, pray with me about it, but, uh, you know, uh, Bob uh, developed cancer of the vocal cords and uh, was having treatments and was having a rough go of it. Uh, from what I understand, the, in fact, the last text that I got from him, he said he's increasingly, he's doing better every single day and he's got his voice back. Praise the Lord for that. That's an answer to prayer. But, uh, but again, uh, I went immediately to, to the Lord. Last night, I got a text from, from Grant. He says, Adam and Melissa are, are in trouble. Uh, man, I'm so thankful. I, you know, I, I, haven't, I haven't talked to, to Adam in quite some time. I haven't had communication with him. But I have a communication with a God who watches over Adam and Melissa. And, and I could go immediately to, to, to God and ask him to take care of them. And, and God did. Uh, you know, that situation with the Sutex, one, one of the frustrating things is when, when you know you've got a friend who is in trouble and has a need, and uh, all you can do is text them or maybe make a phone call and, and uh, you know, praise the Lord. Honestly, praise the Lord for the Internet, because because of the Internet, I was able this week to talk with, with a Brother Sutex on the phone. And we were able to, to share each other's hearts about some things. And that was, that was a blessing. But, but there is some frustration because you can't go to them. You can't be with them. You can't help them physically. But man, you can immediately go to your God. And because your God is accessible, he'll hear you, he'll listen to you, he's attentive to you, he's, he's able to answer your prayer. And, uh, and because he loves you, And because he cares for you, you can have confidence that if we ask anything according to his will, he heareth us. It just seems to have been just one thing after another, after another. I am so glad that I have an accessible God, that I can come boldly, you can come boldly to the throne of grace. Let me ask you something. You avail yourself of that opportunity. Do you have you ever done this? I know I've done this, so I'm telling tales on myself. You ever uh, talk, been talking with someone, and they say, you know, I got such and such a need. Would you pray for me? And you say, yes, I will. And then, due to one thing or another, you forget, uh, and then you don't pray for them, and then. You know, obviously somebody else is praying for him because God answered their prayer. And then you find out about it and then you realize, whoa, I wasn't one of the ones that went to God in prayer. I told him I would and I didn't. Uh, we all do that. I understand that. and I'm not trying to beat you over the head with it. Uh, what I'm just trying to say to you tonight is we need to, to spend more time with our God simply because he's accessible. Simply Because we can. And we've got an invitation. And the invitation is let us come boldly under the throne of grace. Because there's grace and there's mercy in time of need. Whether it be our need or whether it be somebody else's. Let's bow our heads for prayer. Father, thank you for being our God. Thank you for being accessible. I'm thankful that this week Uh, though I couldn't go into the operating room with my wife. I could ask you to superintend over that that surgery. And uh, Lord, uh, she has healed, I think, even quicker than what we even expected, uh, simply because we have an accessible God that not only myself, but I know many of our folks have prayed for her and prayed for a lot of these other requests that, that I've spoken of tonight. Uh, Lord, what a a blessing and what a privilege it is to be able to access the throne of grace and and, uh, find mercy and help in time of need. Uh, Lord, forgive us for the many times that we've just stewed over something rather than prayed over something, or we've talked about something rather than bring them to the throne of grace. Father, we have access to the King of kings and the Lord of lords. I pray, Father, that you'd get a hold of our hearts tonight and help us to realize that uh, we we need to access our accessible God. Lord, work in our hearts tonight, and uh, Father, speak to our hearts, and as you do, may we respond to you and say yes, for it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.